0: Hello, I'm Alec Wilkinson. You're listening to Sailing Uncovered and welcome to episode 34 in which we look forward to the future and a voyage to Alaska. Yeah, given these times we're living in with the deadly pandemic, so much sailing uh, cancelled, so many regattas off the calendar now, we've got riots, we've got looting. We thought it was time to just stop focus this episode on something to look forward to, to dream about. You can close your eyes and imagine this place that we're talking about in this episode. And maybe you could put it on your bucket list for the future as well. So let us cross to Alaska, to the state capital, Juneau, uh, which is so isolated, it was socially distanced before any of us even knew what social distancing was. And standing by for us at the Southeast Alaska Sailing Club is Dave Demore, the Vice Commodore. We've got Brian Lieb, Sean Boyley and Anthony Krupe. And they are going to tell us all about the longest inland water sailing race on the US West Coast. So first trivia question, what is it? It is the spirit of Admiralty Race and it sounds absolutely fantastic. So let's find out a little bit more. But first of all, Dave DeBore, um, how things there in Juneau?
1: Yeah, we've been very fortunate in that uh, we've had very few cases of COVID-19 come in, but uh, Alaska in general and certainly Juno, went into lockdown pretty early in the process. And uh, we're extremely isolated you, you can't drive to juno so you need to either take a boat
2: or fly in. so wow okay and, and we started our 2020 sailing season uh last summer or <clears throat> a week ago and uh with new social distancing rules where you either had to single hand or could only take uh, members from your family as crews so uh we were all wishing that we had uh six children at this point but uh, it was a, a great way to get back out on the water we we're really happy for it
0: you're still allowed to take beers on board though i i hope um, yep so juneau the the state capital of alaska um for those who don't know um let me just give give uh, sort of paint the picture geographically so just to the east you've got british columbia uh, and sort of north you've got the yukon all part of canada of course but Alaska, obviously part of the USA and 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 judo is on this little kind of tongue that comes down into Canada towards um, The northern United States. So it sounds to me like a, a really stunning place um, For nature for wildlife and and I'm looking forward to hearing about that But first of all, Sean Just tell us a little bit about the spirit of Admiralty race, you know, what is it? Where does it take
3: us? Sure thing It started about 30 odd years ago Uh, under the Juneau Yacht Club. Uh, I didn't become familiar with it until I moved to Juneau in 2003. And it's a 200 mile race that uh, starts in Juneau and finishes in Juneau, uh, circumnavigating uh, Admiralty Island, which is one of the largest islands uh, in the United States. And uh, it's uh, really a wonderful event that typically spans over solstice every season. And, so uh, so so
0: Dave, it, it's um is it a two-day event? How how long does it take to, to sail around this island and how big is it?
1: Yeah, so the, the race is arranged in two legs, uh a hundred miles and then a an hundred and ten mile leg, so with a rest stop in between. So, you know, with over two hundred miles uh total uh distance, uh nautical mile distance. Um and you know, the time it is an interesting question. It can be as fast as I think eighteen to twenty four hours to finish one of those legs, depending on conditions. You can be floating for hours at a time, or you can yes. be, you know, raging downwind with a following sea and thirty knots of wind behind you. So,
3: and and what sort of boats do you do this in? It's a very it's a varied fleet. Uh, we have a number of. Uh, uh, kind of pocket cruiser racers from the, the 70s and 80s. I think that's probably an apt way of, of describing most of us. Um, Anthony,
0: you won it um, last year. We'll talk about that race because it was it was an exciting, dramatic finish. Um, but what what is the attraction of the race f- for you? Because I, I know it's, it's taken you a few attempts to win it.
2: It is one of the premier races in the world. We're sailing around the second largest island in North America. uh, One of the densest concentrations of brown bears if you happen to be close enough to Admiralty to see. There are whales that are bubble feeding around you. Like Sean was saying, the glaciers that are calving off and breaking into the the race course. You're up all night for nearly a week straight. uh, And the warm springs that you spend the day lay over at are just phenomenal. It's uh, a great way to really decompress the thing that I find most interesting about the race is the crew dynamics. You could have the best sailors in the world, but if you can't get along in this small space over the course of a week, it, it really uh, becomes a difficult situation. But if you're able to uh, <clears throat> have the food and the, uh, <clears throat> the ability to really pull the crew together, it, it's such a fun race. Uh, and it's just phenomenal to be up at three o'clock in the morning, just as the sun starts to come up again. We're around the summer solstice, so it's just barely dim from midnight till about three. And right then the wind starts coming off of the glaciers and uh, you get to put up an early morning spinnaker run that hopefully takes you uh, many miles.
0: Do, does the race sort of divide into two then? You've, you mentioned the two legs.
2: Um, are the two legs very, have very
0: different characteristics?
2: The water is really different between them. Uh, so the, in the times that I've raced it, uh, bigger seas on the leg two on the return home. Uh, but it all depends on the weather. You could easily drift there for hours on end too. I remember one race uh, that <clears throat> the tide is one thing that we really have to uh, deal with. And so we have currents uh what would you guys say probably four to five knots often working against us and uh, when the race was run in 2017, I attribute it to an anchor being thrown out not to pull the boat forward but to keep it from moving backwards and that was about the time difference in that race so after spending a week on the water for these races to come down to just minutes of difference uh, in between is really uh, one of the more exciting parts of being up all night racing a boat in the middle of summer. Mm. It's fun.
0: Well, Brian Leebs joined us. Uh, Brian, welcome along. You're also in, in Juneau and you're one of the guys who sort of set up this um, Southeast Alaska sailing club, what, about 10 years ago or so. And before you joined us, you were given the blame for the handicap system on this race. <laughs> um are you able to actually explain it in no more than 30 seconds?
4: We're just a PHRF Northwest Club. So our our handicap system is just PHRF North Northwest. Um we do do time on time because unlike a lot of other places, um our wind conditions are extremely variable. And so uh time on distance isn't really fair, especially for boats that are a bit slower. And so um we're you know, we're a member of PHRF Northwest. We didn't come up with the rating system, we just use it. So we, we chose to do that um so that we wouldn't have too many arguments about it and would have a lot of a larger club sort of backing us up.
0: Now obviously this is a, a radio podcast, so the listeners can't see, but I'm I'm watching you on video and it looks to me like you're on a, a,
4: a boat there, are right? you? Do you live on a boat? Yeah, i I'm late because I actually had to run to my boat and get it ready. I'm gonna go out sailing tonight and I wanted to clean it up I've been working on it and so I wanted to clean it up uh, so that I could go out tonight so our club by the way um, in a non-COVID year (laughs) we uh, have Wednesday night get out the boat sails that just promote sailing on Wednesday nights and uh, even though I won't have crew my normal crew I'll be out with my dog and my wife out sailing tonight so that's why I came down
0: so um, we're obviously talking about the next race. And the reason we're so confidently talking about the next race is because it actually isn't until 2021. And let's all just hope, <laughs> seriously hope that all this uh, pandemic madness is over by then. Uh, I might bring Dave in on this. Do you find that every race sort of has its own personality or characteristics because um, the weather is so changeable that you can say oh yes you know 2017 it was the stormy one uh, you know 2015 uh, it was the becalmed one or, or, or whatever
1: yeah I absolutely and we're all nodding and smiling because the the second leg of 2015 uh, where many of us like me were a novice race captain and team was a very epic night <laughs> where uh all the boats got blown got caught the, with a following uh gale I think it went up to you know and we were uh pretty much racing downwind all night long, you know holding on and trying not to broach and so it was quite memorable it was uh i think uh, a night none of us forget but like Anthony said earlier. It was a tremendous bonding experience for those of us that participated. And, and, you know, one I don't think we'll ever forget and brought us together and leaves us hungry for the next. And then, you know, the first leg of 2017, essentially after 24 hours, we had sailed about six miles and then the tide overnight turned and we all went back to the starting line. So after 24 (laughs) hours, we were only a couple of miles beyond the starting line. So that's how dramatically different a 24 hour, you know, a, a, a period can be in this race, which is part of its allure, you know, but, uh, you're out there with your, your crew and you're, you're, you learn a lot about sailing because you, have to make the boat move right or keep
4: it from drifting onto the rocks.
0: Do you have to be very good sailors?
4: I don't think that there's a place that's got as challenging of sailing. I mean we have we'll have no wind with really high currents or even or a lot of wind and really high currents which makes some pretty steep short seas. We can have a huge range within a couple of days of weather.
0: Your website that I was I was looking at it kind of sort of only half sold the race to me because it talks, and I quote, "of beautiful scenery, wa- um, fantastic wildlife, intense competition. That's all good, right? But it also talks about cold winds. What are the winds
4: like? What's that all about? Is it always cold in Alaska? I ski and I sail, and I frequently wear more clothing sailing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but, but on this summer race as well? Um, there have been times for sure. A lot of times when it's become, it was hot in what last, last year, it was quite hot in 2015. It was pretty hot. Um, but if it's really calm or we get flow off of the ice field, there's a huge, you know, glacier up behind town and we'll get light flow off of that. And that area is not warm.
0: It's a race with pedigree, isn't it? Cause, um, I think the first one was raced 35 years ago to celebrate the state of Alaska's twenty-fifth anniversary. I've learned a lot about um, U.S. history in this. Is it a race that is is well known, or is it a, a race that's only known about sort of in in Alaska?
2: So, in two thousand four, Sail Magazine did an article on the race, and Brian has a good handle on uh, where other boats have uh, come from before. Typically, it's a, a ported from Juno type race, but uh, I know we've had sailors from Ketchikan and. Where else, Brian?
4: Well, I, I know that there's been a couple of actual books written about it where um, I can't remember the name of the book. I'd have to look, I'd have to Google it right now, where, where a woman had crewed on one of the Juno boats and she was from the Pacific Northwest. Um, it was a story about how she would sort of used the race to recover emotionally from a sexual assault in Seattle. There's also, yeah, I know that Ketchikan had boats in the race a bunch of times. I, in fact, the first time I raced it, I was racing the Ketchikan yacht club in this race and i think it's more of a regionally known race but as people move and go around it has a bit of a mystique i think because it's sailing with icebergs sailing through the night and whales and, and all of that so i think anybody that's ever done it talks about it
0: let's talk about the icebergs then how, how big and dangerous are they they're, They're huge. They're the ever. most dangerous
4: thing
2: ever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the icebergs are one thing, but I think our biggest obstacle actually are cruise ships. Um, yeah. You know, the cruise ships are numerous. Uh, we had a million plus uh, visitors off of cruise ships to Juneau in southeast Alaska last year. And the cruise ships are in port all day. And they move at night and they move very quickly and so I think and so icebergs become a problem when the cruise ship wants you to stay on one side of you know the passage and the ice you know there are icebergs out there so there's a kind of multiple hazards that are going on.
0: Anthony just um, tell us about where you sort of anchor and stop off the halfway point between the two legs
2: So while we're circling Admiralty Island, we're passing two other uh, large islands in Southeast. Uh, They're known as the Admiralty Baranoff Chichikov Islands, the ABC Islands. So we will actually dock at a place called Baranoff Warm Springs, which is one of the uh, greatest treasures of Southeast where you can go for a hot soak, tie up to a dock and actually get a few hours of rest. Uh, Usually we have about 24 hour layover there But if you're in a boat as fast as high noon, sometimes you end up with two nights, which is uh, a really nice uh, advantage for those folks on the fastest boats getting there first. Uh, It's a great time when I get to that dock to we'll usually have a, a little bit of beverage on board and finally get to enjoy that. And looking at Dave, one of my favorite things about showing up to the dock is I know when I get there, he's gonna have a New York Italian hoagie ready for me when we get there coming from the competing boat, and uh, sure, uh, kind enough to share some nice memories, so thanks.
0: So do, do you go ashore?
2: <clears throat> There's a dock and you can get on shore up to a lake uh, where some crew will go fishing, others will just uh, soak in the outside natural hot springs, and then they have a really nice facility right along the dock that has three tubs that uh, this year are closed. Uh, d- due to COVID-19, but uh, in typical years, you're looking out over a cascading waterfall uh, in one of the prettiest bays you could ever imagine. <clears throat> There've been years where we're tied up though. Uh, the sailing fleet is fishing that time of year in the summer. And so sometimes we'll get in and who knows what time of night you're getting in and there's one space left at the dock and it's a sailboat. So you feel pretty, pretty free tying up to that. And I remember a few years ago, having to walk across seven boats to get from your boat out to the uh to the inside dock so we'll raft up seven wide just to uh have a place to get to shore it's nice
0: tell me about the midges they're really bad aren't they <laughs> mosquitoes <laughs> yeah well
1: the black flies are, are the worst okay in southeast alaska they're worse than the mosquitoes uh so yeah um we we get our share of bugs but not as terrible as the interior of Alaska and other places. Not too and bad. not on the water. Not on the yeah. water.
3: Yeah,
0: right.
3: Oh, so it's, it's, it's get a horse flies on you. the water.
0: So, Sean, um, you were beaten by Anthony in the last race in a really close finish. Tell us how, how he did that. I don't want to rub it well, in or anything, kind of thing, but, you know.
3: You know, it, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if you um, get out ahead of everyone, you get to watch them catch you when you get becalmed. And it can be quite a grueling experience uh, where you uh, think you're doing great and all of a sudden the wind dies off a few uh, knots and, and everybody else just kind of walks up on you like you're standing still. <laughs> so this gets back to the variability of the weather and wind in, uh, uh, in this course. Sorry,
4: Sean. I wanted to weigh in. I think that Anthony is like the wind whisperer. That guy can sail in no breeze. I've never yes. seen anybody sail in no breeze as well as Anthony. There have been
2: times where we've been becalmed, though, on one of those warm, sunny days, where the crew have gotten in the water, which is not very fat, uh, warm with all the icebergs, and uh, are able to swim faster than uh, than the boat. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> with all this talk of ice icebergs and cold winds, um, I should say that the race is in June, isn't it? So, uh, as you've as you've mentioned already, during the summer solstice, um, so uh, you've got really long days, very short nights, um, and it's about as warm, I guess, as Alaska will ever
3: get. Well, of Southeast Alaska, for sure. I mean, we are right on the water, so we're never that warm, even on our warmest days, compared to other parts of the, the country.
0: T- tell but me we're about, also not
3: that cold in the winter.
0: Tell me about sailing in, in Alaska, then, and, and especially in, in your part, Southeast Alaska. Um, do many people do it? Or is it just one of those pass sizes it's just too cold? Are there many sailors? I would say that one of the missions of
1: the, the our club is actually to promote sailing and to try to encourage people to sail. Um, there, One of the things that is notable that we talk about a lot in our board meetings is there's a lot of sailboats in the harbors, but we don't see them out sailing. And so, you know, boats are a way of life up here. You know, there are a lot of different kinds and there's a lot of sailboats, but there's a just a small cadre of people that actually get sailboats out and then an even smaller cadre that you know has joined the club to actually you know uh, enjoy competitive racing and and join the series so it, it can be a challenging place to sail one thing i'd note about the admiralty races i sent the message out to my prospective crew for the 2021 race and i said only 390 days to go mark it on your calendar I mean it it's it never hurts to recruit in advance to get crew because more than once we've come up to right to the edge of the race and you don't have enough crew so so anyway there you know we're um it it's not the place for everybody because as we've talked about you can spend hours floating you know becalmed in like winds and uh you know for a lot of people that's that's, that's not their idea of a, a good time so i think you have to be ready for a lot of different kinds of conditions and it's not conducive to the folks that want to go out sail and come home you know you, you have to be patient i think you have to love the water and love being on the boat um you know so i that that is my vision of you know what sailing in southeast alaska is
4: about kind of the inside passage from here to you know, Puget Sound in Washington is world-renowned cruising. I mean, it's some of the best boating in the world. And I think um, when you ask if a lot of people do it, a lot of people do that in sailboats. I mean, they're not always sailing, but that is definitely some of the best, most beautiful, tranquil, remote places you can go in the world and get some incredible scenery
3: and wildlife. There's there's a couple of things to, to think about in that, too, in that, you know, I think part of the reason, the attraction for um, making that kind of voyage by sail is it is remote. I mean, you can be out in the water and not see another boat for days. And if you're in a, a single primary engine motorboat and you have a mechanical failure, sure, you can call the Coast Guard. and. It's going to be a long time before anybody gets there to help you. Whereas on a sailboat, you are your 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 secondary is your motor, your primary is your sails, and it's just part of getting there. I think that that self sufficiency goes along with um, the uh, kind of ethos of sailing, and in a fairly remote portion of the country,
0: there are plenty of people listening to this who might fancy their uh, chances at this race. Given we started off by saying how remote Juno is,
4: can outsiders take part? Yes. I mean people have crewed from out of town before and and from down south. A few years ago there was a couple from Australia cruising with another or racing with another boat. I mean it it's just if they know people and they communicate people can get on boats. I mean we're not soliciting crew right now, but I I think that if people really want to and are willing the the concern that I think all of us would have though is people don't necessarily know what they're really getting into. I mean it's cold and wet sometimes. See, we all live here and we love it here and the town is a beautiful gorgeous place, but it isn't 3 million people for a reason, <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, anybody that jumps on your boat, you better know who they are a little bit uh, before you leave because there is no getting off. I mean, there's no dock nearby that people can uh, skip out after a day. We've had a, a number of instances where folks that got on his crew didn't know what to expect and they had to charter a plane to be flown out of Baranoff at who knows what cost to get home because they didn't want to finish the other leg of the le- uh, race.
1: I'll add that you know we do have a regular race series and if people find themselves in Juneau during the summer and it coincides with one of our weekend races or regattas you know, the website's there, they can get in touch. And that's, that's probably a more, um, an easier way to, you know, get on a boat and crew for a day race or something. So the the Admiralty's a big leap, you know, maybe to kind of plan that, but, uh, but we, you know, often uh, captains will be looking to get some crew and get people on their boats. So might be just a, a an opportunity there. And, and certainly we're here uh, for sailors that are interested and if they're in town to get in touch, um, you know, just to, show them around or greet them.
0: Am I right in saying you've also got a race that has intermediary stops?
2: That's the race that we do on the even years. So this year's the Admiralty Island Rally. And we uh, sail about 30 miles a day and then have a place to anchor up at night. And uh, much uh, less kind of competitive rules where, some years where there's not wind on those windless legs, you motor to the next place and, you may earn points towards your score by sharing a king salmon, or uh, sharing a peach cobbler out of a bigger boat's oven, uh, something like that is often a nice way to uh, spend the summer kind of cruise
3: sailing. Yes, yeah, so yes. Yeah, I'd forgotten that part, and so every time I took the dinghy over to Dave Demore's boat, uh, he'd hand me a drink. And of course, what I <laughs> failed to recognize is he was racking up points by sending <laughs> a drink every time I came over to say hi. That was
1: after the first night when you came over to give me some
2: crab and I read the
3: rules. Oh, okay.
1: I I see what's going on. I said, every time Sean comes over, give him a drink.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you moor somewhere? Do you you anchor um, or or do you stop off and camp?
3: So the boats typically have to have the equipment to be able to safely anchor uh, in any of the conditions that we might have. So typically on those races, we'll, we'll, we'll set anchor. If it's uh, inclement weather, everybody will anchor separately. If it's beautiful, flat, calm, we've all anchored up to one or tied up to one boat that was at anchor and spent the night that way. So it really depends on kind of the social dynamic as well as the weather in terms of how we go about doing that. But there are no docks between here and, um, or between Juneau and Baranoff that we stop at. Everything's pretty wild Alaskan
0: okay it it sounds uh exciting exhilarating scary um insane all these adjectives um i think all are all part of the spirit of admiralty race um anthony i just want to finish uh with you really as as the previous winner um i gather all four of you are going to be competing in the 2021 race so anthony are you going to defend your title are you going to make it two in a
2: row I sure hope so. This is the year I hope to repeat. Uh, Haiku, Tango and uh, High Noon are certainly always the best competitors I could ever wish for. Um, But I think it's pulling that spirit together of being able to do this adventurous race with uh, good friends and good crew makes it uh, something really to look forward to.
0: That's uh, very diplomatic, but ultimately they don't stand a chance, do they? no i well, mean he, he likes
3: the cup that's on the <laughs> shelf behind his head he likes it up there on that shelf
2: that's right i don't want to last time i uh traded it away it came back a little uh in disrepair so i got to keep the uh surprise on the back there
3: sorry brian. that's right
0: <laughs> brian lee dave demore sean boyley anthony croupy thank you so much for sharing the adventures of this race with us Uh, if you've been uh, listening to this and trying to imagine that wildlife We can make it easy for you uh, because uh, one of the crew, Brooke Horan, uh, who was on the boat, on the winning boat last time, uh, he's put together a a great little video, which is on the Sailing Uncovered YouTube channel now. Um, And as well as showing you the sort of wildlife and and the boats, um, there's also a sequence in it um, that's filmed underwater about the jellyfish and the plankton that uh, flows through that body of water. It's fascinating and the footage is stunning as well. So check that out on the Sailing Uncovered YouTube channel. We'll also post photos from the guys uh, about their adventures over the years and their boats on our Facebook page and we'll tweet some of them as well. But that's it for now, hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, remember to share it, tell your friends about Sailing Uncovered and I'll see you again next time. Fair winds everyone.